Welcome to another session of Doc Bites, podcast to empower you with information from specialists in medical auditing, billing, coding, compliance, and documentation. Now here's the host of Doc Bites, Sharon Easterling. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to Doc Bites podcast. We're so excited today to have with us Dr. Maria Johar. She is going to talk to us today about some of the impacts of COVID on the physician advisor industry, as well as her journey in being a physician advisor. We are so excited to have you today, Maria. Welcome. Hello, Maria. Thank you, Sharon. It's a pleasure to chat with you again. And um, um, I have learned so much over the years from you, so I am happy to um, you know, chat with you today for your audience. Oh, well, thank you, Maria. Such a compliment coming from a physician advisor that has had such an impact on the industry and by professionals today. So, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit, Maria, about I think it's always important to know how people got to where they are. So why did you become a physician advisor? So, um it's a great question. You know, when we went, when I went through med school, and I'm sure most of my physician friends, when they went to med school, um, no one even knew about what a physician advisor is. Or, and these days, no one comes out of school or residency saying, you know, I'm going to grow up to be a physician advisor. That's that was not even on my radar. Um, very many years ago. Um, so we go to the school of medicine to learn the science of medicine. Then we work with our mentors. We do these residencies to learn the art of medicine um, with our attending physicians, with our peers. Um, then we practice medicine. But what we fail to realize is the business side of medicine. And we, when I was a younger physician, um, we were, I was in Baltimore and, you know, with healthcare on uh, the docket for several administrations, uh, when I got started, um, it was HICFA. Then it became CMS. So we've seen healthcare evolve um, so much that one of the CEOs said, you know, you need, we need somebody to help us with our audits, to help us with healthcare uh, as it is impacting the patient and the physician. I had no idea what I was getting into. Wow. Um, You had a very progressive thinking CEO at that time. Yes. Well, you know, mother, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. We were losing Uh so many dollars. He wanted someone to defend the physicians, defend the hospital um, from a clinical perspective, because I had no idea about the revenue side of it. Uh So um, I got started in that way. 
And it just piqued my interest. I'm like, oh my goodness, there is so much behind the curtain. I had no idea of what happened um, after we took care of our patients. And since then, I have to say every day, every month, every year, I have learned so much from folks like you, Ernie, and all the other day Eskizgiza, um, all the people in this industry, every day we are learning from each other. When I got started, no one knew about the ACPA, nobody knew about physician advisorship, but today, look at where this specialty has evolved. Um, so I am glad that I was there at the fr- on the front lines, and today I'm glad that we have um, an army of physician advisors uh, that help each other along. Yeah, well, fantastic. Well, you know, Maria, I was so excited to hear about, you know, why you became a physician advisor. I didn't ask you about, you know, what, what your specialty is, you know, how you got started. What are you doing now? So uh, my background is internal medicine, um, but these days um, I am a full-time physician advisor for a company called Ensemble Health Partners. Uh, this is a five-year-old company that has shown a meteoric rise. Um, it is in about 43 different states, um, and it's a full revenue cycle company. It does help acute care hospital systems as well as physicians' uh, billing, reimbursement, you name it. Um, and they are a full-service revenue cycle company. So I was so excited to uh, work with them and that leadership. They are innovative, they are transformative, they're disruptive to the revenue cycle, all the while building relationships with patients and physicians and payers. And one of the things that I really um, felt that this company would be on the same page as I was because the principles are the same. The patient is first, last, and always. And if we keep the patient at the center, I think Mm -hmm. everything else falls into place. That is so important, Maria. I think more and more organizations are moving back to that. You know, we know what we do is basically about the patient, but putting that at the forefront for all the organizations that I'm seeing now is having a huge impact. Um, especially on outcomes, and, and that's kind of what we're looking at today. So let me ask right. you, of course, you know, you know, Maria, we are in a pandemic, and that pandemic is terrific, and it has really had an impact on healthcare and our operations, how we deal with patients. You know, how is COVID impacting your day-to-day as a physician? So, um, you know, this COVID just came out of the blue. We were not anticipating the ramifications of COVID. Around early part of March, you know, we started talking about COVID. Um, and at first we thought, well, this could be like the flu. It will blow in and blow away. And 
we wouldn't have to change the way we do things that much because well, we did. as you know <laughs> yeah as you know that we've been dealing with um, SARS we've done Ebola we've done flu we've done so many other diseases yeah. that have come and gone but we didn't realize the impact of COVID and then more importantly we were not prepared with the PPEs and the evolution. We, as a country, as, a, uh, as medicine evolves with COVID, we were not sure on the treatments. We were not sure on the PPE. We were not sure on the ICU beds. And social distancing, this is a new word for us. Um, we were not anticipating masking and social distancing and testing that would take a long time or not even being available um, and how it would impact acute care, how it would impact the nursing homes, how it would impact families and patients and staff. It was it has been a very turbulent roller coaster ride for everyone involved the economy the family the uh the hospital systems and then of course the payment uh documentation in the hospital systems all of that was very new and every month every week every day we were learning something Absolutely. So. Um, has has it impacted how you're working? Like, are you working more remote? Um, you know, how has it impacted how you work? So, uh, as a physician advisor uh, with Ensemble, we were already working remote. But what actually happened was hospitals um, and businesses all moved to a remote um, way of working. One of the biggest things I think that came out of this COVID was our patients. They were scared of now coming into the hospital. Um, and our ERs were, were seeing a, a low volume of patients, but then the patients that came had to be treated pretty much everyone was treated like they were COVID. They had to be ruled out. We had mm -hmm. triage um, units. We had triage teams. And we were learning every day from state to state from, you know, what our uh, governors and their offices, what the CDC was saying, what the departments of health were advising. Every day we were having to learn something new. Um, that was the biggest thing in March. And then we just learned that, you know, maybe we could work through the CMS and get telemedicine going so that we right. could help provide, um, you know, physician and the clinical triage and treatment without exposing our staff or the patients to unnecessary um, other folks, you know. So telemedicine took off um, in April, and we were trying to figure out 
how we could share that avenue, that platform with our patients, with our staff, um, how physicians could gear up and provide telemedicine to the patients and um, from which office, from home. It was a big learning curve, telemedicine. Um, and now we are learning today in June that there is really a spot for telemedicine. We can take care of our patients uh, for certain diagnoses much better through this platform that we were trying so hard earlier for it to get well-rooted. But today, everyone is prepping their offices and doing a lot of uh, clinic visits through telemedicine. So that was one big piece that we have grown into, and that was because of COVID. Yeah, I am very excited about telemedicine. You know, I've worked at facilities that have been doing that for years, but not necessarily with the payment incentive and, and the payment structure that's in place right now. So that is very exciting. And, you know, we talk about working remotely. Many of us have worked remotely for a period of time, so we didn't have that huge transition that many folks have had. I know I've talked to friends, and at first they hated it, you know, but now they love it um, because they're able to get out of bed and just start working in their pajamas. So when they go back into the workplace, some of them aren't that excited about going back there. So great point, uh, Maria. So let's talk a little bit about our physicians. You know, um, it's a lot, it's a stressful time, right? So what can we do to engage physicians in the current, current state with the COVID as far as, of course, you know, we have physician queries. You know, should we be relaxing demands of queries overall? Um, or, you know, should we maintain the status quo? What, what are you thinking about that climate of just our physicians and those business operations? Right. So I would, you know, um, Sharon, you have been teaching us for the longest time, your five W's, right? Some things are basic. Um, and physicians want to do the right thing. They want, they are hungry for information because they know that they are providing quality care, but sometimes the way we document does not necessarily highlight the accuracy of or severity of the patient. So, and that is where the CDI team would come in. They would ask these queries, and we are hoping that, you know, folks would clarify and document well in time. What we learned with COVID was life was changing so quickly. We didn't know what questions to ask, what kind of documentation to write, how to clarify for our coding friends what we were thinking. So early on, what Ensemble, this company that I work with, um, they always um, are looking for ways to bring sustainable um, engagement in our physicians. What they put together was a, a COVID template 
that mm-hmm. hit some key pieces um, so that our physicians wouldn't have to think, did I remember uh, to write this? Did I remember to, you know, ask this question? So we created um, a, uh, a template pretty much like, you know, you have a timeout, you know, for surgeries. You are required to write certain things. You're required to look at certain pieces. We created a COVID uh, template that any time a physician was thinking that this is a potential COVID patient, there were certain pieces that they would have to um, identify in the record. That made life easier for our uh, physicians, that made it easier for our CDI, that made it easier for our payers, and certainly it made it easier to uh, submit a clean claim without a lot of rework. Remember, our physicians were in PPE, they were in, you know, they were working in teams. We didn't want to stress a system that was already stretched beyond belief. We also didn't want to keep interrupting their day with phone calls or messages either from the payer or from the UN staff or from the CDI staff for these kinds of reasons. Remember, during this time, our physicians and nurses were doing much more than just clinical care. They were also the family for the patient because, remember, families couldn't come in. So there was a lot more compassionate care that was being given, delivered in every unit. There weren't family members around. There weren't friends around. Um, So we had to think of a lot of how we were delivering care um, and finding time that we really didn't have. you know, so we had to work um, well, we, a huge degree of creativity and agility, Maria. That's yes. kind of what I'm hearing from you, that, you know, you guys kind of pulled together, and that was very important to be able to achieve things from our operational standpoint. Absolutely. So we, we were able to create this tip sheet, this template that talked about the admission risk. We, we brought in experts from the UM department. We brought in clinicians. We brought in um, the social workers. We brought in the discharge team and our CDI specialist to bring this one template together so that it was a one-stop shop and we were able to uh, work within this one template to ensure not only did we triage our patients correctly, we took care of them in-house correctly, but then we discharged and followed up correctly. All of that was being done with this one document. Absolutely. You know, I commend all of the healthcare professionals out there. You know, they've done a tremendous job navigating this entire process. Um, you know, it's just been remarkable how they've all stepped to, you all have stepped to the challenge. But, in, you, know, in, you know, Maria, out of 
every disaster, we hope that there's something positive that comes out of it. You know, so what positive impact do you see here with the whole COVID? Absolutely, Sharon. I would say that through every hardship, through everything that can go wrong, uh, any turbulence, you find that silver lining. You find something good comes out of it. So broad strokes, I would say humanity as a, as a whole, the entire world is now doing better hand hygiene. Um, they are masking. If you are sick, people are staying home because they have realized this universal precautions that we talked about all the time, but people never paid attention to. Well, that's yeah. one thing that people are now paying attention to. That is one mm. big thing worldwide we have learned. The other piece we have learned worldwide is better collaboration. Countries are talking um, and helping each other out. Um, that is on the larger scale. But I want to bring it down to the U.S. Things that we thought we would never see. I cannot imagine being on a weekly call with CMS. I cannot imagine being on a weekly call with CMS with leaders from all aspects of healthcare. We have had um, ID, we have had pharmacy, we've had labs, we've had um, family practice physicians, OB gyms, surgeons, sharing from across the country best practices, what worked, what didn't work. I wish that we can continue this collaboration and changing of outdated rules, bringing and shortening bureaucracy, red tape disappeared during this COVID. That I thought was impressive, very impressive. Uh, uh, Grants were given, uh, testing became available, PPE became available, people were sharing resources. Local communities put their sewing machines together to donate masks for hospitals, SNPs, um, home, you know, the assisted facil- uh, home care facilities. We have never seen communities rally together to come and save each other. That, I think, is phenomenal. Other things that we learned, our state associations, our Department of um, Health, um, our payers came together. Um, we are part of uh, meetings, weekly meetings, where we are looking and learning from each other. That is the biggest um, contribution that we have given each other, working with each other, learning from each other. Um, I wish we can continue this uh, effort because humanity uh, has come forth from every possible angle to help each other. You know, Maria, you know, things are moving much faster than they normally do um, 
we're just moving at such a faster pace. And, you know, speaking of knowledge, you know, I was working on my computer the other day and my granddaughter, you know, she's only four years old and I had a lab course light up and up and she says, oh, that's that virus stuff, isn't it? I just thought that was hilarious. So, of course, Maria, you know, 2020 isn't over yet and there's just lots of things still going on with the revenue cycle. Uh, there are things for us to be aware of. Um, what do you think will be a priority or um, something for us to look out for, an important impact for the 2020 year? You know, what, what do you think are the top concerns for a physician advisor for 2020 in the 2021? So I think what has happened uh, because of the COVID, uh, physician leaders, especially in the revenue cycle, we saw a massive decrease in hospital visits, in physician visits. Um, and hospital systems or um, we have seen a massive decrease in the revenue. Hospitals that were teetering on the brink of bankruptcy or that 1% profit margins, those have disappeared. We have realized that pandemics like the COVID are now here to stay. We have to plan for the future. We have to assimilate the cost of daily testing, weekly testing. Some places, you know, um, they are doing testing on a weekly basis of their staff. Others are doing it on an as-needed basis. We are quarantining our staff. This is something that now is part of the new norm. How do you take a healthcare system that was broke before COVID to now, who, which has been battered with COVID, and now we have to somehow survive and then learn to thrive given this set of circumstances? I think physician leaders are going to have to find new partnerships they're going to have to find new ways to deal with uh, new ways of taking care of patients, uh, ensuring safety of providers. How many providers have gotten infected and given the final sacrifice as well? Lots of folks in every uh, business, whether it is the jail system, the nursing uh, leadership in the trenches, uh, everyone, everyone has sacrificed. They have gotten infected. They have paid the ultimate price. I think everyone is now learning how to move forward uh, under these circumstances. This isn't just one month or two months. This is now going to be here for a while. and. As we open up our economy, as we open up our um, financials, as we close out the year, for some hospitals, 
June 30th is the close of their financial year. Everyone is re-looking at their finances. How are we going to make this transition given the new burdens that we have to bear to have a safe and healthy society? These are all things that physician leaders are going to have to re-evaluate and prep for 2021. Absolutely, Maria. Great, great points. You know, I think about, you know, we're in different times now, and I think about how lots of our influencers, and when I say influencers, I'm thinking of social media. And I remember hearing about how some healthcare systems were using the influencers to help them get out the message of COVID. And that may be another aspect of what some of our healthcare providers may need to do, you know, have some of those folks show that they're getting care, that they're getting treatment, that they're going to hospitals again. Um, so we can help, you know, speed things along and, and get those institutions back where they need to be. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much, Maria. Do you have any closing remarks um, for today in this discussion? I, I certainly appreciate you being here. Well, thank you so much, Sharon, uh, for having this conversation on COVID and how it has impacted our lives. And it will continue to impact us in the future. I think, like you said, um, we who have been in the business for a long time are going to have to reach out to all parties, including social media, from um, schools to colleges to um, each and every aspect of society to bring about awareness and learn um, how we together can move forward. Um, And I think the more uh, attention we can give to this topic, the more uh, voices that are uh, talking about this, I think we will prevail together. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Maria Johar, for your great input today. You know, I think about I am so ready to go to the beach, Maria. And (laughs) that just sounds so wonderful. But thank you all for joining this episode of Doc Bites, empowering you with information. And our next episode, we're going to have Ty Greenhall, and he's going to talk to us about cybersecurity. You guys take care out there. Thank you for joining. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Doc Bites.